0: You were engaged and in love and you had saved yourself for your wedding night and had yet to sleep with your fiance. What would happen if she came to you and told you she was pregnant? How would you respond? We're going to unpack that next on 41 Strong. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast, Chuck Tate here, downtown Peoria Whitecast Studios, Merry Christmas. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help people like you hold on and stand strong. For more information about 41 Strong and 41 Will Come, the book, go to my website, chuckytate.com, or 41willcome.com. I also want to remind you that we have a free seven-day reading plan available on UVersion. UVersion is the number one Bible app in the world, and there are thousands of free reading plans, and we are honored and fortunate enough to have 41 Will Come reading plan available there, So I encourage you to, to check it out. More than 10,000 people across the globe have already completed this seven-day reading plan. And if you haven't read it, it'll give you a little taste of what my book, 41 Will Come, is all about. And I just want to say that 41 Will Come is a great gift idea. If you know somebody that needs some hope for Christmas, then I encourage you to go to Amazon.com. And grab a copy. You grab a, uh, an actual copy, an ebook, the Kindle version. You can email it and gift it to somebody. And we also have an Audible version, or you can order on CD if you're old fashioned, right? But um, Audible is my new jam. I love to, I have the Audible app on my phone. I'm, I listen to almost a book a week. So I encourage you to listen to 41 Will we'll Come. It's yours truly narrating it. I had a lot of fun with it, and I hope you can experience it. All right. Well, today we're getting into part two of a um, Christmas podcast series called Awkward Christmas because this story, it's it's awkward. And I don't know if you've ever had an awkward experience, whether it's at Thanksgiving or Christmas with the family, you looked around the table and you thought, man, you know, what, what are they doing here? Or or maybe you thought yourself, what am I doing here? Or maybe they thought. When they saw you, what's he doing there, or she? She doing there? I don't know, but um, I had an awkward experience just about a week ago. Um, Actually, um, yeah, a week ago. Tomorrow, um, our student pastor, his name is Corey. um, He surprised me with a ticket to the Bears Cowboys game. Um, I love the Bears, but uh, my number one team is Cowboys. Been a Cowboys fan since I was a kid, and the Cowboys did get beat by the Bears, and I was wearing both jerseys. True story. However, let me tell you what happened. Um, not just not at the game, but we stayed in Chicago, and before we came back home, we hit the world's largest Starbucks. Ended up in downtown on the Magnificent Mile, Michigan Avenue. There's a brand new Starbucks. It's a roastery. It's unlike any other Starbucks. You know, everything about it is, is different. They have pour overs. They don't have the foo foo drinks. There's, there's there's you know food a, a food menu, and I mean it's just four stories of awesomeness, all right? And while we were there, um, I ended up having a coffee and Corey got a coffee and we were sitting, I think on the third floor at a high back table and we were just looking out the window onto Michigan Avenue and we're just watching the people walk by and, you know, just taking in the sights and the sounds of Christmas. And as I was just looking out the window and sipping my coffee, I felt like like I was being watched. Have you ever had that feeling? I just felt like somebody was was, was watching me. So um, I just kinda, I turned over and there had been a, a line of people waiting to put in their order. And I, my eye, I made eye contact with an Asian woman and she had a camera around her neck and she was taking pictures of me. Yeah, true story, I can't make this up, you know, awkward. <laughs> Uh, I, I I was, you know, kind of taken back, and I just, you know, I told Corey, "Hey, I, that lady, she's just taking pictures right right at me, just taking taking pictures." So I, I looked at her and didn't really know what to do, and we made eye contact, and then she she did this, and she she waved at me, so <laughs> I didn't really know what to do, so I just smiled and got kind of to awkwardly just kind of wave back and then she shook her head and just smiled and was doing this and to this day i don't know why she was taking pictures of me i mean i'm i could be in a chinese christmas magazine magazine somewhere today um you know maybe the title was starbucks giving back to homeless i don't know <laughs> um it was awkward though and this story that we're getting into is awkward and and this is episode 154 last week in episode 153 We looked at the Christmas story through the eyes of Mary, and today we're going to look at the story through the eyes of Joseph. It was an awkward experience with an angel that led to Mary birthing, right, being pregnant with the um, Son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to look at this through the eyes of Joseph and what went through his mind when he found out that his fiancée, whom he had never slept with, was pregnant. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 1. Last week, Luke chapter 1. Today, Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a miracle, and this is a great reminder that God still performs miracles today. God can still do the supernatural. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with God, everything is possible. It doesn't say that everything will happen the way you want it to. It says everything is possible. So with God, there's always a chance. The question is, what kind of posture will you take? One that believes the Word of God, or somebody who looks through life with a critical lens who is always saying things like, it is what it is, it's the story of my life, it'll never get better, things always fall apart, and you constantly curse yourself with the words, if that's you, stop it, all right, knock it off. All right, God does miracles, and he does this miracle here. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, he was a righteous man. All right? He had character, he had integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace Mary publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. All right, he's a good dude, he really is. His, but his heart's broken. And a lot of times we read this story, and we don't think about his heart being shattered, We just think, oh, he's freaked out. Oh, man, my fiance's pregnant. What's going to happen? I'm out. But no, he's devastated. His, His fiance, he's about to get married. He's never slept with Mary. And now he is finding out in a dream, and in this dream he's being visited by an angel, and this angel is telling him that his fiance is pregnant. So this is so riveting that... He is determined that he is going to break it off. He believes the message in the dream and he's out. That is his response. And that would be my response. And most likely would probably be yours. So we know his heart is hurting. So I want to talk about how we should respond when our heart is hurting. I'm going to give you seven things before this podcast is up today. We're going to. You know, share seven ways we can respond when our heart is shattered, when our heart is hurting, when our heart is broken, when we're in a season of suffering, when we're in a season of sadness, when we're in a season of grieving. How do we respond, all right? So number one, we respond by doing the right thing. Joseph, when we read the story, he's not doing the wrong thing, he's doing the right thing because it was customary in his day. It was the, the law. It required a man to divorce an unfaithful wife. It required a man to divorce and break off an engagement with an unfaithful fiance. So Joseph's not being a bad guy. He's generally hurt, most likely completely broken. So he's going to do what he's supposed to do, and that's, break off the engagement. In other words, there's not going to be a marriage. Of course, God's ways are better than our ways. All right, And there are some times where God wants us to do something different so he can show up and so he can show off and so he can move. We have to be open to that, even when things don't make sense. I mean, when Annette, my wife and I, we planted Rock Church More than 21 years ago, in fact, we moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we were working for a national youth ministry. It was 22 years ago this month, actually next week, 22 years ago, that we moved with a dream in our heart, answering the call of God to plant a church in our hometown area after we had never even pastored before. I had been a youth pastor. We were both working for a youth ministry, I wasn't a part of a church planting network. We just knew we had to move and be obedient. So we packed up a U-Haul and we drove back to central Illinois where we began to make plans to plant a church. And that church was birthed on May 31st, 1998 and more than 21 years later, I'm still pastoring it and here I am delivering this podcast. result so God's ways are always better than our ways we need to do the right thing all right don't do the wrong thing do the right thing now number two not only do you need to do the right thing you need to do the right thing the right way all right so Joseph he's gonna do the right thing all right and he's also gonna do it the right way not only is he going to follow the law and break off the engagement but he's not gonna slander Mary in the process He's not gonna throw her under the bus. He's not gonna get on Facebook and do a 200 word rant, just dragging her through the mud. No, he's gonna do it the right way, quietly. He's just gonna slip away. Why? Because he had character and he had integrity. And character and integrity matter. It mattered then, it matters today. So think twice before you blast off on social media. All right, some of you you're watching this podcast live on Facebook. You know, some of you are revisiting this on Facebook. Uh, some of you you're streaming this through iTunes, and you've downloaded the podcast, or you subscribe to the podcast. And maybe you're you're driving in the car, and maybe you've you're hurt, and hurt people do hurt people. When I'm when I'm hurt, I want to lash out. That's that's the flesh. That's why we got to walk in the spirit, so we don't give in to the flesh. That's why it's always good to sleep on something if you're ready to post, and you know it's you know you're you're angry and you're ready to tweet something. And you're, I, I've had delete a lot of posts over there, especially in ministry. You know, it's really hard when you invest in somebody and then they walk away. As a pastor, I think that's the hardest part of pastoring is when people leave your church, people you love. I mean, sometimes God calls people in your church to other churches, and that's cool. All right, but I'm saying, sometimes people leave over silly reasons, and sometimes they leave over false reasons, and they blame you, and it's, it's hard, it's not easy, and I've had to delete a lot of tweets, a lot of Facebook posts, uh, I'm so glad that I didn't post a number of things that I actually typed out, all right? So we want to be careful, we want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, so think before you speak, think before you tweet, think before you post on social media, do the right thing and do it the right way, all right? So somebody leaves, bless them, right? Um, if you're a pastor, bless them, pray for him. Don't trash them. Don't, don't drag them through the mud. Um, Joseph has every right to be upset. His fiance's pregnant, you know? So he doesn't understand this. He just knows I'm hurt and I'm out. But I love her and I care about her so much that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip her. All right, so we, we let God fight our battles, but let's, let's, let's move on. So we do the, the right thing, we do it the right way. Verse 20, as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. When all Gabriel, when the, the messenger angel showed up to speak to Mary, he told her the same thing, don't be afraid. And now this angel is appearing to Joseph and the message is the same. Don't be afraid, for the child within Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she's going to have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins, all right? So we've already established that this is a dark moment for Joseph. His heart is broken, but now the angel comes to him and says, hey, chill out. God's in this. It's hard to comprehend, right? God can give you the peace of God that goes beyond human comprehension, right? The peace of God that passes all understanding. We just have to trust him, all right? That's our third takeaway this morning, all right? If your heart is hurting, trust God in your brokenness. Do the right thing, do it the right way. Trust God in your brokenness. God will do whatever he has to do to get through to you. The question is, are you listening? Am I listening? Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And that prophet that he is referring to is the prophet Isaiah. Because these words, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That was penned 700 years prior to this moment in scripture. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 8, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 10. These exact words were penned by the prophet Isaiah and now they are about to be fulfilled through the birth of Jesus. Are you willing to trust the word of God? I said in episode 153 that we have to weigh everything with the word and we have got to value the word above everything else. Man's opinion, what's popular culture, all that stuff. Are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to trust God in your brokenness? Are you willing to trust his word even when your heart is shattered? You know, I look at the word of God, and you've probably heard me say this before, but the word of God is 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, written by 40 authors. It spans 1,500 years. It was written in three languages on three continents in 16 different languages countries and it's all about jesus we have more archaeological discoveries to validate scripture than any book in history we have more manuscripts of the bible than any book in history when you look at the archaeological evidence the scientific evidence the historical evidence the circumstantial evidence when you look at how the disciples were completely transformed on how they lived after Jesus came out of the grave. I mean, they were cowards when Jesus went to the cross, but after he came out of the grave and saw him alive again, they eventually all laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. How do you explain that transformation? Well, because the word is true, right? Nobody can tell me that God's word is not true because I have experienced God heal my body. I've seen him do a miracle in my mom who should have died. I've seen him do a miracle in my son who should have died. I saw him do a miracle in my son who was... Um, diagnosed with brachial plexus plexus, um, injury after he was born. He had no mobility in his right arm, and he was told that he would never move it. We had to meet with a neurosurgeon, and we were prepared. We were given pamphlets to to learn what it would be like to have a son who would just have a a hanging arm his whole life. But today, he's right-handed, and last night, In a a basketball game, I saw him shoot with his right hand. It's a miracle. I believe God's word. I trust God's word all times, even in my brokenness, especially in my brokenness, because that's what gets me through. So for you today that are in a season of suffering or sadness or brokenness or hurting, you have two options. You can be ticked off at God, and it's not going to help you. It's not going to help anyone around you, and it's not going to change your circumstances. But if you will trust God, or you run to God, you're running to the rescuer, you're running to the only one who can sustain you in your season of suffering, the only one who can carry you through the valley of the shadow of death. Trust him. Joseph trusted him. Joseph's response was like Mary's, okay, I'm all in. Number four, When you're hurting, remember God is with you. After all, his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So think about this, the same spirit. For those of you that are Christians, you've committed your life to Christ. You've confessed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, all right? So you're, quote, saved, all right? That means the same spirit that impregnated Mary, the same spirit that ripped Jesus out of a grave, that same spirit is in you everywhere you go. So, you're never alone. Even when you get abandoned by people you love or you get betrayed by people you love, you're never alone. God is with you. Don't forget that today. Right now, some of you, you're depressed, you're scourged. Maybe you've already cried this morning because you feel like you are completely alone and nobody understands what you're going through. And the reality might be that all that's true, except that you're not alone. God is with you and He understands and He sees and He's already moving behind the scenes and in your circumstances. The question is, do you trust him? Number five, God has a plan. Are you willing not only to trust his word, are you really to, tr- to trust his plan? His plan was for Annette and I to plan a church 21 years ago. We had to trust that plan and we had to execute that plan. We had to do our part. Are you willing to submit to God's plan? Joseph was willing to submit to God's plan and our plans, they never go the way they're supposed to, um, but God still works. You know those. I got a flat tire on my way to the, the Bears-Cowboys game last week, and it was a crazy story, and I got ripped off, and I had to walk in an area and withdraw cash at a 7-Eleven ATM in a shady neighborhood. And I didn't know how that story was going to end, but God was, God was with me, and my plans went out the window, but we still made it to the game and had, had a great time. So trust God, all right? He has a plan. Number six, God gets the last word. No matter what, he gets the last word. And Romans 8.18 says the suffering that you're encountering right now can't even compare to the glory that is going to be revealed in the future. I mean, 100 years from now, none of our suffering will matter. We're going to be with him forever and ever. No more sickness, pains, getting stabbed in the back. So let's trust him today so we can be with him forever, right? Number seven, walk in obedience. Verse 24 says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary to be his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So what did he say? I did not have sex with that woman. Okay. I'm sorry, was that wrong? Who cares? All right, we're getting ready to wrap up. Joseph walked in obedience. If you're hurting today... And when I'm hurting, what do we need to do? How do we need to respond? Walk in obedience. Joseph was all in. He obeyed. He married Mary, right? He embraced her shame by taking responsibility. Didn't care what anybody else thought. Joseph, he also obeyed, and him and Mary didn't have sex until after Jesus was born. That wasn't easy for two young teenage newlyweds. Think about that, all right? They were obedient. Joseph also named the baby Jesus. He was obedient. He went through, I mean, what if he would have said, you know what, I'm just gonna name it my own name. Um, How about Larry, all right? Uh, The story would look different. He didn't do that. He was obedient. Obedience is doing the right thing every time. So let me close out this podcast with this truth. Joseph valued God's direct calling through a dream more than what others thought of him. That's obedience, right? He valued what God said through an angel in a dream more than what everyone else around him said. Joseph, you're crazy. I can't believe you're going to marry her. She's pregnant. The Holy Spirit, what? That's crazy. He trusted the Word of God, and we need to do the same. And when we do that, miracles will show up. All right, we're out of time. God bless you guys. Um, don't forget to go to my web- website, 41willcome.com, chuckytate.com. For our producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.